Now maybe, oh, glory to God, I'm hot. Now maybe Brother Dan won't feel so crazy because of that, because of this particular scripture that we only read around Christmas time. Isaiah 9 and 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. I don't see Brother Bobby out there anywhere. See in the back? Brother Greg, pray for us this morning. Amen. Now, I was looking over this, come around, you know, a few weeks back, and because, unfortunately, I spent Christmas in the hospital, uh, this must be an important message if the devil is going to try to kill me to keep me from preaching it to you, all right? But it has to do with our theme for this year. The Bible says the increase of his government in peace, there will be no end. And when I read that, the word increase is what shot out at me, and the Spirit of the Lord began to deal with me about the subject of increase and how that was to be our theme for this particular year. The Bible says the increase of the government of our Lord Jesus Christ and peace, there will be no end. That means the word increase means to gain, to add, to multiply, to expand, to enlarge the increase of his government. We serve a Savior whose government is going to be eternal. Amen. It's going to be never-ending. And we as his people will experience the privilege of dwelling in the presence of the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. The increase, that just that word, the Lord said, dwell on that increase. The theme for 2019 for this congregation, praise God, is increase. Amen. Now, the Lord also took me back to where he said in Matthew chapter 16 and 18, and I also say to you that you're Peter, after Peter made this declaration that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, that you're Peter, and on this rock, this confession you've just made, listen, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said that I will build, he will build his church. That means effort is going to be involved. Work is going to be involved. Now, nobody likes coming to church and listening to anything about work. Worked all week. Praise God, we need to come to church and, you know, be able to just relax in the pew and uh, enjoy the singing and endure the preaching and whatever. Uh, and dear God, don't say nothing to me about no work. But we have been called to work. If the Lord is going to work to build his church, he said, I will build my church. And we go, boy, I'm glad that takes that off me. Lord's going to do it. I don't have to. Well, that is until you go to 2 Corinthians 6 and 1 where the apostle Paul speaking to the church at Corinth says, we then, listen, as workers together with him. Rut row. We are workers together with him. We are laborers together with him. We are working together with the Lord, the upbuilding of his kingdom and the building of his church. We are to work. We are to put forth an effort to achieve a common goal, and that is the increase 
of the church. Amen. Well, why is that so important? I'm talking about folks getting saved. Amen. What you about, Brother Andy? You Pentecostal preacher. You all about the Holy Ghost. Yeah, the Holy Ghost is all about Jesus, and Jesus is all about getting as many folks saved as can be or will be saved before the time runs out. We are to work together with the Lord in cooperation with Him in submission and obedience to Him so that His church may increase. Amen. We are to do this as we follow the instructions He has given us. We are workers, laborers together. We have joined together in a common effort to build the church of the living God. Now, Paul also tells uh, the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, listen, always abounding in the, there that word is again, in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. As we work together with him, we do it with a confidence that our efforts are not in vain and that the Lord, as we do it, according to his will, will bless our efforts. But we got to give him an effort to bless. Amen. But if we do it, this labor is not in vain in the Lord. And then the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Our labor is not in vain, and the Lord will not forget what we do for him. Now, I'm not talking about working for your salvation. We're not saved by works. We're saved by faith through God's grace. But having been saved by faith through God's grace, we're not supposed to sit back and say, well, I'm just going to, you know, we've got that good old church of God testimony. Hallelujah, I'm saved, sanctified, baptized in the Holy Ghost with initial evidence of speaking in other tongues. So that means I can lay down and I ain't got to do nothing but wait on the rapture. No. The Lord has not blessed us to be idle. The Lord has blessed us to be active. Amen. We are to work together with him to build his church so that he gets the glory and the honor for it. Now I'm going to share something with you that Jesus said that's disturbing. It disturbed me when I read it, so I read it again. Then the Lord said, you're going to share this with the people. I said, well, if I do, I'll run half of them off. He said, don't worry about it. Isn't it amazing how the Lord has blessed this church? I mean, it ain't me. I mean, it's, it's just the blessings of God. My Lord, conventional uh, church wisdom says that we shouldn't have near as many people in this house as we have this morning. But conventional church wisdom somehow has divorced itself from the Word of God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. Everybody hold on. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Jesus said this. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. He's talking about the kingdom, but he's talking about us. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he had received the five talents, went and traded with them, and made another five talents. That's called free enterprise, folks. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. 
But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other, five other, <laughs> this team, five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. Now here's a verse and a phrase that we love to quote, but we take it out of context. I want this to be placed in the context of what the Lord is saying. This fellow had five talents. He took them. He made five more. He gave them to the Lord. Listen. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Now we read that phrase. Praise God. Good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. I mean, we recite that often when we have a funeral service for somebody who has gone on to be with the Lord. But let's put it in context. He's talking about the guy to whom he had given five talents who had gone out and gained five more talents and laid them at his feet. He said, you are a good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. He didn't say you've been faithful in everything. He said, you've been faithful in a few things. How great is God that he can bless our efforts in a few things. Amen. He said, and, and because of that, I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 22, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So the guy had two, went out, made two more. He brings it, lays it at the feet of the Lord. The Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've done a good job. I'm going to make you ruler over, just like the guy that brought in five, the guy that brought in two, I'm going to make you ruler over many things. I'm going to bless you just like I bless this other fellow. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. Now let that burn in your spirit this morning. This, this is where the man with the one talent failed. And I was afraid. Fear does not enter in our work with the Lord. We don't live by fear. We live by faith. We don't do what we do by fear. Oh, Lordy, I wonder if it's going to work or not. We do it by faith. Lord, your will be done. I was afraid. Went, hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. To everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This sounds serious to me. That fellow that had the one, he didn't have the burden of five talents. He had the burden of one talent. But fear, because he was afraid, defeated him. Instead of acting in faith, living in faith, believing the Lord, amen, the one who had 
blessed him, was able to accomplish that good work in him. He was afraid, and because of that fear, he dug a hole in the ground and buried that talent. And when the Lord came, he was not pleased. He was absolutely displeased. I've shared something with you over the last few years that uh, has been like a, a, a pebble under my mattress. The only concern I have for this church, I only have one, it's not a fear, but it's a concern, is that we will go to sleep in Zion. We are a blessed people. Woo! We have been given five talents. Amen. We've been given five talents. I remember when we went, parked the cars out here on the corner by the railroad track, had that little old uh, barn of a shack of a deal that Brother Bolin tore down. <laughs> Got a picture of him with a crowbar. Tear that thing down. And we all stood and looked at an empty pasture. Then somebody had the bright idea, we need to put up a sign. So we put up a sign, Future Home, Pentecostal Worship Center. And people in the neighborhood would drive by and they'd see cars parked out there at the fence. What are y'all looking at? We're looking at a church. Okay. What y'all been drinking? <laughs> we ain't drunk. Y'all keep people come out here and stop and just stare into nothing. I ain't nothing. There was a big old pile of garbage about right there where the piano is, if I remember correctly. Y'all just out here looking at something. What are you looking at? We're looking at a promise. When the Lord took nothing and has blessed us abundantly with the five talents. Amen. Glory to God. How, why did he do that? Because this isn't going anywhere, folks. In spirit and in truth is going to remain. And if we don't do it, God will find somebody else. I don't know about you, but I don't want him to overlook me because I have become lazy and slothful and spoiled and have gone to sleep in Zion and said, we got everything we need. We don't need to do anything else. That's my only concern. The mortgage is paid off. We don't have no big bills. The economy tanks. We'd be able to deal with it, you know. The Lord has blessed us not only with this sanctuary building, but we have a fellowship hall. How many of y'all remember that old trailer we had out back? What I call the lie of the devil fellowship hall. Come from Berry College. I mean, it, it was good. It was all right for an evangelist quarters. Brother Gene Smith, when he was with us, he, he went out there. He didn't get on the bed. He laid down on the floor. He said, man, didn't my back a, a, a world of good. He said, I didn't answer the phone. I read the book of Romans through three times. Praise God, I feel great. Brother Smith's in heaven now. I wonder what he would have thought if we could have brought him back and said, hey, we got a fellowship hall. Convicts built it down. I don't care. We got a fellowship hall. Well, we got a ministry center. Glory to God. I remember we went out there and, and broke ground. Just a handful of us, we went out there and broke ground. Had a couple of evangelists come. We just measured it off 100 by 100. Brother uh, Marshall Adcock and Brother Brian McDonald. And he said, well, Brother Andy, you, you, looks like you got a good start here. You got some stakes and some, and some line. And the Lord began to deal with other folks. So we've got the ministry center out there. We mow everything else. Everything else is a lawn. We have folks who come in and, and do the front, and uh, Brother Raymond and I, we get the North 40 with a $9,000 three-cylinder diesel Kubota lawnmower, zero turn. I always wondered what Brother Bolin would have done with a zero-turn mower. 
<laughs> I, I, I may be glad I don't know. But we're blessed. The Lord has blessed us. And we are responsible for the blessings of God. A couple of things. It's going to be a short message. Well, it's 1155. I've got these out on the table in the vestibule. Simply says invitation. Matthew 29, somewhere Pentecostal Worship Center has all our worship times on us. If you're a member of this church or this is your church family, get one of these on your way out. Keep it, and when the Lord provides you an opportunity to either put it somewhere where it can be found, please don't put it in the bathroom, or to give to somebody because you never know. I had a chance encounter with a lady when I was having my tires rotated up at Reese's uh, who had just recently moved here, and I shared with the folks Wednesday night and we got to talking, and somehow the subject got on India. And I said, yeah, I got family in India, Vijawara, Hyderabad, Visaka. And I shared with her brother Moses Chowdhury's testimony. It's easy to witness. Just tell the truth. And I'm not talking about being overbearing or beating somebody on the head with a Bible. God provided that. God made a divine appointment with me. And, that, and I don't even know what that lady's name was. I didn't even ask her. But I shared with her. I said, you know, she said, well, uh, how, who do you know over in India? And I said, well, Moses Chowdhury. And I said, do you care if I, I, I tell you his story? No, I, you'd like to know. So I shared with her how the Lord healed Moses when he was still Gullapali before he changed his name, how his mother prayed that prayer, a little high-caste Hindu woman, prayed that prayer at his bedside, but it was sincere enough to touch the heart of God, and the Holy Ghost fell down on an 11-year-old boy and raised him up healed and hungry, wanting something to eat. And if you've been around Moses, you know when he talks about his mama, he starts crying. He said, because she failed him, she served him without fail from that day for the rest of her life. Ain't God good? He heals this kid, watches over him. And then years later, Moses, I mean, as a child, Moses didn't get saved. His mama did. Later on as a teenager in his early 20s, Moses joins a communist party only to be so disillusioned that he's at the point of suicide. How good is God when the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, if you don't want your life, give it to me. I'll take it and make something out of it. And Moses said, I'll give it to you. And then now we got over 300 pastors. We got, what, three, six, nine hundred 900 kids in, in orphanages, children who have been thrown out or now uh, fed. They are being educated. They're being taught the love of Jesus Christ, and they are embracing him. Hallelujah. That's, that's an opportunity. That's another talent the Lord gave us, another opportunity to be a blessing. So get one of these, and when you have opportunity, share it with somebody. All right, now we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty. This is a New Testament. Everybody say New Testament. Not the Old Testament. You can get killed in that Old Testament. This is a New Testament. And if you want to have a life worth living, then you must submit yourself to the discipline of this book. The Spirit of God moves. He draws people to an altar. When people call on his name, he responds. Glory, hallelujah. He does a miracle work in their life, but that is not the end. That is just the beginning that is your first steps in a new life. And this book has the discipline and the instructions for living that will enable you 
to live a good life. The alternative, the rejection of what this New Testament says will land you in misery. You know why? Because the devil is a liar. Ain't he, Brother Richard? He's a liar. How, how many of y'all, have y'all noticed? How many people watch TV, watch commercials? Have you noticed lately how many commercials have a homosexual couple in them? Ain't buying nothing from K Jewelers. Yes, we can. These two women, yes, we got, you know, they got married and all that. Gag a maggot. I got your attention. Have you noticed another commercial, two guys? You seen the one, the two guys are about to go out and they got the babysitter talking with her? Duh, hello. Yeah, that's it. Why is this being forced on 10% of the population and yet we are being forced to accept it? And many so-called churches are. Glory to God. Tell them I said hello. Brother, <laughs> Brother Dad don't know it, but we hang people don't turn their cell phone off in this church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's here. You want to live a good life? It's here. We got folks who already gone on to be with the Lord. Their name, they have such character in their lives. Their name says it all. Amen. Lemuel Bolin, people that knew him. Frank McGraw. You say Frank McGraw. People that knew Brother Frank. Hey, instant connect. Man of God. Praying man. I'd pray with Brother Frank. I'd stop praying. Just listen to Frank, Brother Frank pray. Hallelujah. There's a discipline here that will bless you. There's a discipline in this New Testament. It's not personal conviction. It's not raining in your parade. It's not saying that you can't have a, a, a good time doing whatever. And a lot of times people who have personal convictions try to force them on others. That's not what this Bible says. Amen. What this Bible says gives us a path for living. How we ought to live. It's simple, but it has to be learned. And we're going to teach what this New Testament says. We, we must embrace that responsibility of discipleship. Jesus didn't say go out and make converts. He said go out and make disciples. Amen. To follow up on folks who pray in the altar and say, look, you know, you, you need to be educated in what the Word of God says and how we ought to live. Because when we obey this book, we are blessed. I don't know anybody that won't be blessed. I won't be blessed. Praise God. Then my last little point I want to share with you this morning. I was raised in a good church, good people, precious folks, and I, I do not criticize them. But when I was a kid, church I went to started at 11, and it stopped at 12. Owned enough. And we knew, and we, I knew what the order of service was going to be, what the pastor you know, was going to do. Uh, choir was going to sing, going to have a, a special sound, and and. and the opera singing, oh, you know. And I remember the most traumatic day of my life was out when I was a child was when my granny Ruby pulled me up and said, you can't sleep in church no more. And I thought my world had come to an end because the best sleeping I ever had was in church while that man was preaching. 
And I have a personal record on a Wednesday night. I put six children to sleep in this church. I counted them as I went out. That's the best sleeping children I ever have. But that is not who we are. We are Pentecostal people. I'll just shug it on down to the, we are Church of God people. We have a heritage that we ought to be proud of. Amen. And I'm not talking about any kind of wildfire deal or getting in the flesh. But we have a heritage that says when the saints of God gather for worship at any time that the God we serve with him, all things are possible. Praise God. Does that mean somebody can get saved on a Sunday night? Absolutely. Can somebody receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit on a Wednesday night? Absolutely. Can somebody get healed on a Sunday morning before the preacher preaches? Absolutely. If we will yield ourselves to the presence of the Spirit of God and obey Him, the Lord will bless us. And I'll be honest, I don't know about you, I am sticking myself six times a day And I told myself I'd never do that. And it's not that bad, all my whining and crying. You know, it's not a wash thing. It's just a little. But it's aggravating. It's annoying. It's thrown my schedule off. My schedule now revolves around the next time I stick myself. Well, I've got to take my insulin 30 minutes before I eat. Got to take a blood sugar. Yeah, that's high. Got to take a blood pressure. Well, my blood pressure was 148 over 98 this morning. Whoo, that's too high. My fasting blood sugar was 270. That's way too high, too. But you know what? When I die, I'm going to heaven. Praise God. Amen. And like I said, if the Lord gave me a choice Monday night, Christmas Eve, I'd take him up on it. Yes, Lord, take me. Praise God. What are you saying, Brother Andy? I'd like to get healed. I'd like to get healed. Amen. I, I, rub, I rub around on, on Brother Marvin all the time because the Lord's healed him so many times. I said, Lord, just, just let one of them slide on off and jump on me. How about that? Brother Marvin turned around. Brother Andy, what you doing standing behind me like that? Because the next time you get healed, I'm going to do this. But that's what church is supposed to be. Church is not supposed to be an ordeal. Church is supposed to be an expectation. We are to come to this house with a great expectation in our mind and that lifts up our hearts. We are to worship and give God praise with the understanding that you know what? Today just might be my day. This service just might be my service. This might be the time that God has ordained that he's going to pour his grace out on this old boy and miracles can happen. Praise God. Have no desire to be a part of, of something that is so rigidly stuck to an order of service that we don't give the Spirit of God room to move. Amen. We didn't take up the offering this morning. Brother Martin, we didn't take up the offering this morning. You know what? I don't care. You don't care about the offering? Yeah, I care about the offering. I just don't care when we take it up. Brother Dan wanted to sing another song, a Christmas song. I said, go for it, brother. Yeah, man, I'm with you. I'm behind you. Brother Greg, you feel that of God? Man, you see me over there? Brother Andrew, I'm, 
fist pumping. Yeah, man, go, go, go. Let the Spirit of the Lord lead you. Why? Because I want the Holy Ghost to fall in this house. Amen. More than anything, it's worth more than say, oh, Brother Andy, that was a good message. If the Spirit of God isn't in it, all I've done is waste your time. Let the Spirit of the Lord move among us. Let Jesus walk through his candlesticks in this place. Amen. Be submissive to the Spirit of God. If we, we don't understand just how much the Lord loves us, what he desires, he wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed. I tell you what, if he wants to heal me more than I want to be healed, that's a whole lot of want. Because I want to be healed a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? And this me- if this message, was, for whatever reason, was so important that the devil wanted to kill me so it wouldn't get preached, well, he missed his opportunity. Because this church, this year, we're going to increase. By the grace of God, we're going to increase. That means that you're not a spectator, you're a participant. Amen. I, we got some folks, fine people in this house. You have three elders. We have other folks who are very able Bible uh, teachers, and and we want to give these folks an opportunity. You know, it's not this. This ain't the Brother Andy show. Amen. Brother Greg Fulbright's going to speak tonight. Amen. I'm looking forward to that. Praise God. We got other folks. Richie's working on a, a, a series about prayer. We got other folks who are going to speak. Brother Greg Tomlin, I'm going to get him. He's going to speak. How I many of y'all remember Brother Greg Thomas? Now he gave that testimony. Boy, was that some or, or what? That was great. Amen. So we're all going to be involved. We're all going to work. Work. Everybody say work. Oh, now say it like you love it. Work. There you go. Laborers together with him for the increase of his kingdom, for the upbuilding. You know what the upbuilding is? You know what that means? That means folks get saved. And we are in a geographic location where we need more than a revival. We need a spiritual awakening. And I want to challenge you right before we pray. The next time you go to Walmart, everybody goes to Walmart because we don't have any other choice. Unless you go to Ingalls. God is good, isn't he? If I hadn't said that, Connie would have got me after. But if you have to go for something else, well, go to Ingalls. Take notice of the people who are in the store, whatever store you may be in, that are with you. Take notice of them and their need. They need Jesus. You can tell by looking. They need Jesus. They're bound They're wrapped up in this world. They've got habits and compulsions and all this other stuff. And life for them is just misery. But it doesn't have to be. There is liberty in the Lord Jesus Christ. And those who receive him as Savior and Lord and submit to his will for their life will be blessed. Not only going to heaven, but will be blessed in this world before we get there. Stand your feet all over the house. He's through with me.